Hey guys, and welcome back to the Cohen and Charlie podcast. I am not only Cohen Giesbrecht, but I am a self, a separate entity of myself that exists in a different parale- parallel universe. And um, that entity cannot even talk, and that's why I'm fumbling all my words. This is my co-host, Charlie Reed. Hey. And today, I'm not only with Charlie, but I'm also with a very special guest. Um, please welcome Mihai. Hey, what is up, everybody? Hey. How are you today? I am doing... That's how I describe my mood oh, today, I think. <laughs> that's that's how you feel? Yeah. That's pretty specific of you. <laughs> that's 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 for, that's awfully specific of for, you. For those people who don't know what that is, um, figure it out. It's the lit. <laughs> it's the cursed the sound. Yes. The cursed sound. Um, how are you doing, Charlie? Oh, good. You're doing? Yeah. You're good? Yeah. Well, I'm great. So, um, we're 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 getting off to a fantastic One-upping start. One upping the man like I'm that. Just gonna... You're good, Charlie. Well, I'm great. <laughs> That's my ego in like full force right there. I'm yeah. so sorry about that. But anyway, it's okay. Um, <laughs> I I feel like I should repent for for my sins of being so egotistical. <laughs> but uh. um. I feel like we should kind of just get straight into the interview because I don't want to oh, yes. waste anybody's time at this point. Not that we weren't already um, in terms of the listeners, but uh, <laughs> um, Mihai, uh, you are a jazz musician and a person that goes to uh, the same school as me and Charlie. That would be true, and yes. I just now realized that we're kind of like the trio of grades because I'm in grade yeah. 10. Charlie's in grade 11, you're in grade 12. Yeah, there so you go. So it kind of, it kind of all, um, it balances the out. Full gamut. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, uh, Mihai, what got you into music? Just generally. Yeah. Um, well, I would say that, so my first experience was with music was when I was, um, you know, maybe around four years old and my mom took me to this, uh, well, in the town where we were first living, uh, when I moved to Canada, wow, I'm getting all the way into my backstory, but uh, I'm not from Canada, <laughs> and so when we first came to Canada, um, we were in a different town, and my mom took me to this sort of community music uh, program that was being held, except no one else had signed up except myself, so I just showed up. And, you know, the teacher, she was super nice. She showed me around different instruments and stuff. And she saw, she showed me to the piano. And she saw when I started, you know, noodling around that maybe I had, uh, I don't know, I guess I had a little something that she she wanted to try and uh, nurture. So she decided to take me on as a student, private student. And I started piano at like four or five years old. So, nice. yeah, that's that's sort of the what started me on on music. And then... Since then, I've been doing classical piano. When I hit middle school, so grade seven or so, for those of you that don't have a middle school, that's weird. But yeah, we have middle school <laughs> starting in grade seven, and um, that's when I picked up the trumpet. And then the following year is when I was introduced to jazz, and the rest is history. So yeah, I mean, where where I was in in uh, the prairies, I guess you could call it. Um, it was like central Canada, right? Uh, we didn't have a middle school, so we had one to eight was all one school, and then nine to twelve. 
That would be so rough, man. Oh, sorry, kindergarten. Because then how are you going to meet new people? I mean, you have one opportunity to, like, maybe, like, restart some parts, yeah. you know? Because I messed up a lot throughout <laughs> middle school, man. Like, I made so many mistakes, not only with the ladies, because all of them rejected me. Dude, but middle school because, girlfriends uh, don't count. Don't even. <laughs> no, anyone that, well, anyone even, that tells you that they had a girlfriend, and then they say it was in middle school... That is like you know it wasn't for any more than two weeks. No, man. not only that's, that, that's but it just thing. it just doesn't. No, it doesn't count. Middle school girlfriends don't count. count. <laughs> but uh, and, and dude, you, you call them mistakes now because you're only a few years out from it. But you get to a certain point and you realize, whatever, man. It's like your life is so much longer than middle school. But yeah. Anyway, sorry, I don't mean to cut that's you off true. there. Okay. No, I. My life revolved around middle school and my friends there, and it's actually quite nice being in high school now because I can purposefully distance myself from everybody I knew, yeah. and I can kind of get away with True. it. True. Except for a select few, I can kind of get away with not talking to those people, and I've kind of sort of su successfully operated that way. Um, <laughs> but anyways, <laughs> middle school girlfriends. Um... Guys, we have, we have broken the record for the fastest tangent in the podcast so far. Oh, 100%. It's been, like, yeah. less than two minutes since recording. Yeah. <laughs> Man, that's my... Yeah. Um, Mihai, I have a terrible attention span. I don't know if you know that. <laughs> um, but uh, my attention span is absolute crap. Um, yeah. It's... No wonder you're a drummer. Oh, you always man. get to be doing something. Oh, 100%. But that's also to my detriment because, like, I'll be at the drum set and then our teacher will be talking to me or something. And I can't go, like, I don't know if you can, like, if you ever look at me when we're rehearsing together or whatever, I always am, like, almost kicking, uh, like, the, the kick drum. But not, like, I like, I'm so close to making noise. But I've operated in this like fashion where I can pretend to make noise so well that I can focus a, at least like a little better. So I don't I don't know if that's like a, an advantage or a complete disadvantage because like, that, maybe I'll get to a point. That's a real skill right there. That's like <laughs> just like that's even worse than like those people you see that like air drum to songs. It's like the people oh, that are geez. actually at the drum set, but they don't even hit the drums. Well, that's literally me. You know that <laughs> there's like this technology now where you don't actually need a drum set to play drums because you can have like special sticks that shine a light onto the ground and then the reflection of the light makes a noise and then you like find the hi-hat and the toms and everywhere and then your kick drum and VR, your hi -hat VR drumming, like on basically. your feet. Yeah, it's basically that but not in VR. Well, okay, but VR drumming I feel like without, you know, that cuz I I think I've seen like a video of someone trying that out. I'm pretty sure that I would just like if somebody looks at me through like a window or something they just see someone just you know yeah, yeah. just swinging their arms around they already you know they're already probably disturbed by how loud i am with my drum set but it's even worse if they peer through the window just casually on a walk someday and they just see like a high schooler <laughs> drumming in midair to no music Drummers whatsoever dude i think i think that'd be a pretty bad situation because people think i'm strange enough um but that was a tangent on top of a tangent don't worry cohen uh, i don't think you're strange 
Thanks, Charlie. I don't think you're strange either. And I'm Mihai. Moving on. <laughs> it's, oh, Mihai, you're here. It's, 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 it's like that episode of SpongeBob. You guys know what I'm talking about? Where he's like, um, crabs, plankton, plankton, crabs' mom, plankton, SpongeBob! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Edited that audio clip if you find it. That episode is hilarious. <laughs> Dude, I haven't watched SpongeBob in so long. I remember I kept trying to, like, to like start right at the beginning with that was it what was the first episode i think it was like the one where they have the bubbles right uh first ever and episode then, wasn't that reef blower yes yes it was reef yeah blower. i yeah and what do you just know i well it's like okay <laughs> i don't watch spongebob on a regular basis or anything but it's like if you know spongebob memes you know a couple of things that the first episode was reef blower uh he's just standing right. there menacingly and then you just yeah, and then like a couple other episodes that are just classic. Just classic. Good show. I, good show. I remember. Yeah, there was two episodes. It was it was the first episode, and then there was the one. Which one was it? Where um, SpongeBob drew a, like an evil version of himself. Uh -huh, oh yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah, I remember that episode so distinctly, and I remember having like very bad nightmares as a very young kid of like the evil spongebob <laughs> like i remember there was like somewhat of a like a like a nightmare of me like like just casually visiting bikini bottom taking my like keep in mind i was not like into spongebob whatsoever this is just a random dream and i'm in bikini bottom bottom man and i see like just over like one of the little sand things uh just that that little the little evil spongebob dude and yeah. that like traumatized me i feel like every time i i'd look down the hallway at night i'd always see like just this really faint picture of like the doodle spongebob <laughs> and that messed me up man dude thankfully i'm over that now because <laughs> that's when i was like six but anyways that's my uh, spongebob nightmare story so me hi what are your plans for the next couple of years after high school? It's a good question. I wonder who wrote it. <laughs> Consistently flexing on the man today, are we? Um, yeah, I uh, I need to stop. <laughs> no, it's, no, it's no what way. I get it's, for exposing him last time. It's hilarious. It's a yeah. good bit. Um, this is all revenge. Yeah, so... I mean, uh, Charlie would know this probably more about me than, than you would, Cohen, but... I'm a fairly organized and uh, sort of forward-thinking kind of person. Charlie's nodding vigorously in the background. Um, yeah. So I've pretty much known what in what direction I'm headed since, God, I don't know, end of elementary school, maybe? Um, I, just wow. as, Just as I got sort of an idea in my head about the kinds of jobs or careers that resonate with, you know, how I am as, as a person. So I thought of, you know, how how much I talked, but boy, I used to talk a lot, like a lot, a lot, um, and, you still you know... talk a lot now. <laughs> Shut up, Charlie. Well, that's not a problem for us, man. It's not a that bad just means thing. the podcast this... is going to yeah. be longer. Yeah. Fair enough, fair enough. There wouldn't, I, I wouldn't, probably wouldn't be on a podcast otherwise, but, uh, yeah, so I, I just thought of how much I, I like to talk to people. I thought about, um, a sense of, I don't know, I guess I always had a bit of a sense of justice in terms of um 
I don't know, right and wrong, I like to think about that kind of stuff. Anyway, long story, but I, I sort of knew for a while that I wanted to head in that direction of, of humanities, sort of, um, you know, public speaking kind of jobs, and so I, I thought of law, and that's sort of where I'm headed at this point. So after... That's fantastic. Yeah, so after I finish this year, I am headed off to university to do a Bachelor of Arts, which um, for those of you that don't know, if you're going into something like law or medicine, you often need a, a, a some kind of degree before going to law school or med school or whatever, what have you. Mm. So I'm doing a Bachelor of Arts in philosophy, politics, and economics, and then law school, ideally. So that's what so, I want to do. And I mean, it, for those viewers that are um, gasping in horror because I said nothing about music. Um, listen, you can be a fantastic musician, have all the talent, have all the passion. Don't go into music. Just don't. If you, if you're, if you have good enough luck to really like you find connections, you really hit it off with, with professionals, you get started early on making music. Like for you, Cohen, for example, I would see you having no trouble going into music. But for people that... Oh, well, thank you. Yeah, of course. But for people that are ending high school and thinking, you know, they don't really know what they want to do, they haven't really gotten a start on it, and they say, I'm going into music, it's so, so difficult because school right. is expensive, because it's such a competitive scene especially live music nowadays if you're doing something like jazz or, or classical or something live music is super competitive so right. I, it's much easier for for often for people to keep it as a hobby and to you know even do it for money sort of on the side or continue to pursue it make a band whatever but but just have something else as um as a more stable sort of um career path or, or path for the future because you never know where music's gonna go how it's gonna change if you're really on top of it you know what you're doing great all the power to you but i don't see for example myself i don't see myself being able to make it on a music scene right so right so yeah that that's sort of my plans and and i of course uh, i don't mean to scare off your viewers or anything by saying that if you want to go into music again all the power to you. You can really do a lot of great things with music, even if you don't make it to some huge stardom or anything like that. But just think about it pretty carefully because it's it's a pretty big yeah. commitment. Well, yeah, 100%. I mean, even to the degree of... Um, I mean, Charlie exposed me. Um, I'd like to pull attention to that yet again. <laughs> and um, he told everybody that I, I do rap sometimes. I'm not going to form a career out of my, um, I'm going to put it as vocal work because then it sounds at least a little less amateurish. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I don't think I'm going to go into music as a career unless I get really lucky within the next year somehow. Like, I don't picture music being a main career option. Because, I mean, especially if I want to become, like, a rapper of sorts. Um, there's, like, too many... I mean, Charlie, I remember me and you, we talked, um... We talked lightly upon the subject of insecurities and how they really affect our... Our, um... Our vision of the future. Yeah. Um, specifically in, like, whether or not we think something is good enough to put out. And I've gotten to a point where, like... 
I'm gonna put out like like I ha like I have this mindset where I think I'm gonna put out maybe one project if that gets like a certain amount of success which it probably won't considering I mean logistics then I'll continue and then if I don't then that just means that it's not right for me right but you gotta try absolutely yeah. and you know I think going into music professionally puts so much more pressure on mm -hmm. the aspect of making music because music to me you know we can talk about this for a while but music to me is a lot of things it's it's a language it's an art it's a skill it's it's a lot of things but it really to me it's a passion and i think that if i had that kind of pressure to do something to do the thing to take the steps that would get me the most success on the music scene if it goes against what i enjoy or value in music i wouldn't enjoy that yeah. right like if you if you like doing you know if the pop style the rap style things that are generally more popular and that's your passion and you don't mind you know all the marketing and that's also your thing whatever great again if that's your thing all the power to you but if it's not it puts a lot of pressure on you to do specific things yeah. to keep yourself yeah. afloat yeah and like yeah. definitely because um next year i'm definitely gonna take a gap year actually to like get funds and stuff more funds and stuff like that because i do have some put away and stuff like that but i do want to go into the music field i want to be a music therapist which is not like musician writing music and stuff like that it's helping yeah. people through the sound of music instead of one-on-one -on -one conversations like how are you because i find that therapy normal therapy can be very um awkward where and repetitive yeah where i must music say music therapy music sorry music therapy can be used for like you don't have to speak in music therapy it can be non-verbal communication or verbal communication it's your choice and that's what i like about it is that people have the option not just sit there and talk about your feelings right yeah i mean that's i know there's a lot more to therapy to it and that's something I never knew existed until this year, for example. Both yourself and another one of our friends at school, um, a, a trombonist that, that we know, also is looking at music therapy. And, you know, that's that's something I never knew existed until this year. And I'm super interested and, and, um, and you know, intrigued by you guys finding that as an option for yourselves because it's using your passion in sort of a different way and it seems like something that you can you can really enjoy and can really support you and it's and you're doing a lot of good with it and i think that's fantastic that's what music should be about yeah yeah and um i i actually had the privilege of um having a whole one hour zoom call with uh because it was obviously COVID at the time so we did it over zoom with a uh, sound healing therapist so kind of like music therapy but it's sound healing so he basically takes a frequency and he has like um he has a hand pan so you know those things that it's like a percussion instrument it's a hand pan right yeah um that plays at a certain frequency and then he plays it for the person to like calm them down and it really it in that hour session that i had with him it really made a difference i felt so much more calm and just I could, I could feel like like all of the stress just actually went away because music 
the music from the handpan actually sort of like made me not think about it as much right mm-hmm. 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 yeah i feel like I mean, music has a big impact like that when it comes to mm-hmm. listening to let's say you're feeling down well listen to your favorite song that'll cheer you up like stuff like that yeah i mean it's it's a, a popular take uh to just say like what's your favorite thing or what what helps you when you're down oh music oh okay so you're one of those like 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 everybody has that but it's and it's like it's a it's a cliche point of view but it's completely true i mean i can't um uh touching on a more personal subject i find during covid had i not listened to music or discovered new music throughout that time that was i mean i'd essentially consider it um a gift because it was free time that I did not usually have to myself without music I probably would have become like severely depressed which is I mean I mean it's not great but it I mean music helps yeah significantly and and music is such a personal thing as well that's why mm-hmm. it has such an impact because and you know that's why I think i take to classical and to jazz music more than i do to Mm. pop or you know uh, especially the more modern um pop and stuff like that because there there has to be a some level of expression in the music for it to really resonate with you and that yeah. comes in a couple of ways either it comes through you know the music itself if it's instrumental there are well, we can get into that for hours but there are a lot of ways in which to convey certain emotions through through music or it comes through something like lyrics and so i'll listen mm. i mean people are always surprised they know me as a classical jazz guy they think i'm sort of a purist that way but then they look through my phone and it's everything from metallica to spencer day to you know Thelonious monk to beethoven to whatever right and it's and i like listening to music even pop stuff from earlier on because i always like i like listening to the lyrics and finding something special in there that the music that the composer has to say that the musician has to say mm. that isn't always present in more commercialized popular music and oh, 100%. and that's why and you know people will say oh you're just not open-minded enough to listen to modern stuff and i don't know maybe that's true but i've tried and i really think that I have to there has to be something there that tells me that the musicians doing it because they have something to say and that's what really makes the music yeah. special. Yeah. I could I mean I can't find myself listening to most of the stuff on the radio not because it's bad. I mean there's the occasional song that that comes out um actually on that topic I think one of the more popular artists that has some roots in terms of actually speaking some stuff to an extent of depth is i mean i hate how popular he is because it kind of ruins his music but bruno mars bruno actually mars. i think he has a lot of good stuff going mm-hmm. for him um personally i mean maybe it's just the funk element and i kind of have a soft spot for pretty much anything that has like those like uh-huh. loud horns that really complement uh his vocals really well but i think he has a pretty fantastic um I don't know, he, it's more, some, some of the stuff is just more than love songs. Yeah. And I'm getting to a point where if I hear Yummy by Justin Bieber one more time, I swear I'm going to bash my head into <laughs> and it. That's, and that's the thing. There are those two things that really ruin modern pop for me. One is 
again the commercial aspect not hearing anything super unique or 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 meaningful in it and like you say once in a while some great stuff comes out and i don't get that often when listening but also radio stations pick five tunes per month and nothing mm-hmm. but that will play for the whole yeah. month so you can't tune into a radio station and not hear yummy by justin bieber for a month or two yeah. or five months straight and it's like if there's good pop out there show it to me and i'll try yeah, it exactly but this ain't it chief yeah. <laughs> actually yeah i mean i would argue that there is a completely i mean it's more of a, a new thing than it was you know give it five or ten years ago but the um the hyper pop scene has grown to my attention more and more throughout these past two years and i'm starting to notice if this stuff was on the radio um artists like uh sophie or something or something or other which is i mean it's sad that she died but um artists similar to that genre or um that fit into that genre i think they have a lot more versatility when it comes to stuff because i mean half of the artists on the radio they don't even write their own stuff mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right i mean there's some talent to be heard but it's only to an extent at this point yeah yeah and it's um, and it's that combination of um you know not necessarily finding all the stuff that resonates with you because obviously we each have individual tastes too so not everything's going to appeal to us but if we don't hear yeah. enough of a variety to catch for something to catch our ear out there and then we hear the same stuff that we don't like to the over and over ad nauseum you know what i mean it just that's Mm -hmm. what sort of diverts my attention away from that and more towards the stuff i know i'll enjoy like like jazz like classical but anyway yeah yeah i i think that i mean actually this kind of circles back to um the whole career conversation I've had an interest in journalism for a very long time or, you know, radio hosting. And that's what I aimed to. That was that was an element in this podcast. I wanted to start something where I could truly talk about something that I liked on something on like a platform where people could, you know, at least hear to some extent of what I was saying. Yeah. um, And I think if there's some way for um, publicly like public um service radio stations like i'm saying not um serious xm or whatever like the stuff that you have to pay for if there's a way to get um mainstream radio stations like around different places not just where we live of course um to branch out into different genres that is also to to the to the popular extent because even though we live i'm i'm not gonna say that i'm not gonna say we live in this society um (laughs) Even though we live, you know, in a world, that's better, um, where um, jazz isn't as popular, there's still popular jazz songs. Mm -hmm. And I think that it could greatly improve one's music taste, given they have the opportunity to hear it on the radio. And I think also that the radio is such a diverse, or not a diverse, it's, it has so much potential, but it's, it's just, it's like, squeezed like like i i picture the radio as a cloth full of like water um that the radio stations continuously year after year ring out in terms of good content which is very pessimistic of me to say 
but it's not entirely that far off, at least in my, in my point of view, because I remember a time when, like, even when I was five years old on the radio, I remember hearing some, like, actually decently risky songs, I guess, on the radio. It just seems like it's just gradually gotten worse, although it did, it was pretty bad uh, in, like, 20, early 2010s, too. But anyways, anyways, anyways. Yeah, Holy. yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, I see what you mean. It's just, uh... Yeah. It, 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 it all comes back to, you know, what brings the most benefit, the most profit to, yeah. to whoever's right. yeah. doing what they're doing. And that's why, again, that's why what I'm saying is I really love to see music and artists that really embrace some unique aspect of, of themselves and what they want to do because that's when music yeah. is most meaningful. Yeah, see, yeah. this is what I was saying a couple episodes, two or three episodes ago, is that I go on Spotify and I see, like, your favorite songs, and it'll be like, I've never listened to, like, half of these, but it's just the what the people want, right? It's what other people yeah. want, and then I'm like, I don't... I like listening to like piano instrumental and mm. and and like, that's the thing. I mean, we have pretty yeah. unique tastes as well between the three of us. You know, where we we don't we're quite far off from from the mainstream, but nonetheless, yeah, like, I I agree that sometimes you know on on mainstream radio maybe some better representation can be had. But then again, you have like your Sirius XM and stuff like that that. Um, mm. you know that where you can find a channel for basically anything you want to listen to. So there's there's yeah. there's opportunities as well. But if you want to go listen yeah. to Kids Bop, go on Sirius XM. <laughs> Kids Bop sponsored by Sirius XM, but not actually. Actually, Sirius XM, if you want to sponsor us, you'd be our first sponsor, and that'd be very nice. But anyways, uh, <laughs> wow, good job, Cohen. Just turned it into. Uh, a, a brand slight, deal. Um, <laughs> we we're yeah. just talking about selling out, and here you are shilling know, the podcast. I know. <laughs> I know. No, I won't. I'll have to talk to Charlie first before we sell out completely. We're far <laughs> completely? from a Travis Scott. Like you, like you've started somewhere. <laughs> oh <laughs> no, no, we haven't started. We're not. We're not nearly as popular enough. No. And I'm not saying we will, but you know. One um, day. One day we will sell out. That's the dream. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, Mihai, our uh, final question question we have for you, um, if you want, I mean, there might be another question um, that we just come up uh-huh, with uh-huh. on the spot, which happens quite often. Um, but the third and final question for now is, uh, what kind of advice would you give to a jazz musician looking to develop their soloing skills or... Um, what's some good advice to give to someone that's really looking to get into, um, jazz or instrumental music as a whole? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So there are a couple of things to unpack there, and I'll take them one by one if you don't mind. Um, Not in all. terms of getting into instrumental music, quote-unquote, um, I would say... And actually, I would say the overarching advice for for anything uh, in this question, and I'll bring it up repeatedly, is is just listening. Um, A Mm. lot of listening. So jazz is an acquired taste. And I have no, like, issue saying that because it's absolutely true. My parents, for example, before I got into jazz and started playing jazz, they didn't really know much about it. And listening, they were like, eh, what is this? But 
the more you learn about it, the more you listen to it, and you pair a lot of listening with looking into it a bit, experiencing it, maybe learning. Say you take your favorite, like a jazz song that you don't, you're not sure if you like it. You look up its story, how it was written, how it's similar to other music that you like. You have to really experience the style before you start to get a, a taste for it, and then. After a, a while of, of immersing yourself in it, yeah, you you start to find you, you start to really enjoy it. And jazz is so diverse as well, right? I mean, you can yeah. you can be a jazz musician and have completely different tastes to another jazz musician just because there's so much variety out there from ballads and Latin and you know your classic swing, your modern swing, your fusion, uh, all that kind of stuff. So. Um, I would say it's an acquired taste, so people wanting to get into jazz definitely just start listening. Start listening to stuff that's not super out there, like Fly Me to the Moon, All of Me, classic standards that have been done by everyone and their dog. And there's no issue with that because you you get the the flavor of it, and then you listen to maybe a version done instrumentally by a jazz musician. You're like, okay, this is different. They have some sounds I, I haven't heard before, but there you go and and it just develops over time um classical instrumental similar i guess it's probably easier to get into classical instrumental than it is to to jazz um but again it's just listening finding out what you like again very very varied um so so in terms of getting into it just yeah do do a lot of listening um there were other parts to this question about soloing, you said, and get, and bettering your skills at playing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of that, if you are a jazz musician, you're looking to get better. Uh, again, the first tip is listening, because I think something that jazz musicians struggle with, and I've struggled with this uh, a lot over the last few years, is once you get to a certain level and you're independent enough to be able to solo a little bit or you know play some tunes with a group you start to you you start to hate replicating other people sometimes i don't know that this is everybody but it was certainly my experience where i was like you know i don't want to sound exactly like this person or exactly like this person i want to do something that's sort of my own but the best thing you can do for yourself is to copy other people that's how you really learn a lot of music just going out there listening hearing oh this person played this specific lick that i really enjoyed for those of you that don't know a lick is the short melodic phrase um not not the lick but a lick is a short melodic phrase even something simple like a right like a typical little blues thing whatever it's just you hear those things the more you listen and you say oh that was really cool i'm gonna put that in my next solo or um, this person interpreted this tune, played it in a certain style, a certain way, and I really enjoyed it. Let's do it the same way. And then the more you listen and the more you try things, the more you start to develop your own style based on all of that that you've heard from other people. Um, That's yeah. I've been yeah. monologuing for a that while. Was... I'll let you guys interject for a no, bit. No, it's not. It's not a monologue whatsoever. I mean, our time is specifically dedicated to having you. On this podcast and I think this is probably the most developed conversation we've had on a podcast before um so thank I, you I for that I don't that. think yeah uh that that's some pretty fantastic advice 
I mean, I know that when I was starting, I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I don't play uh, multiple instruments, but when I was learning the drums, um, when I was about, I'd say, five years old, um, I was really afraid of soloing. I mean, again, I was five years old, but I was to a point where, like, I had been playing for two years, and, um, like, like, I started getting lessons technically when I was four, but... I'd been playing since I was three-ish, um, and I always had this, like, fear of soloing because it's in the moment, mm -hmm. and I'm not sure if it's similar to, um, if it's similar to a, uh, a pianist or a trumpet player or a trombonist or, uh, relatively any instrument in general, but for me, copying someone at the level I was at was so difficult. Of course, mm. I do it all the time now. Mm -hmm. But when I'm start when I was starting out personally, it was really just a matter matter of rhythm. And I I'm that might just be exclusive to drums. But when you're doing a drum solo, um you always want to start out, I mean, man, triplets are so nice, but yeah. just always sticking to a rudiment and I hate I hate rudiments so much. <laughs> Especially since I have, I really struggle with reading music, but rudiments have literally saved me from embarrassment so many separate times only because I know exactly what to play because other people, they don't, I mean, not other people, but other, some other players, they don't exactly know what rudiments you practice, even if it's just a simple, simple, like paradiddle yeah. or something. If you do like, let's say you have your right hand on um, the floor tom, and then you have your left hand on, um, the high tom, or, and basically your two hands on anywhere, even on cymbals or a hi-hat even, um, you, I mean, you can really just go a million different directions with just one version of a rudiment, right? Yeah, and if I may, like, yeah, no, go ahead. Oh, no, 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 that was, yeah. No, because what I was going to say is absolutely rhythm is not exclusive to drums whatsoever. And I would say no. the three, because you're right, uh, maybe I jumped the gun a little by saying copying people, because if you listen to professionals, that, that can be quite difficult to do before you've developed your ear. But I would say the three cardinal, uh, you know, aspects to soloing that you should always keep in mind, to me, I, I don't know, someone might have a different opinion, but to me, it's rhythm um it's melody it's, 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 it's rhythm it's melody and i would say it's space yeah. those are three things oh. that you should always keep in mind as a soloist and the reason i say that is even on even on something like a, a piano something that plays um you know m notes that plays pitches um the coolest solos I've heard sometimes are ones where they will just play a single note repeatedly in a variety of uh, of rhythms. So, for example, you know, regardless of the tune, say someone starts and they just start playing. So they just just any kind of rhythm, like interesting rhythm, even on one pitch, super cool. Melody. If you're playing a tune and you know it's melody and you're trying to solo over it, throw a, a line of the melody into your solo because you already know how to play it. It take you know you can fill out a couple of bars and your audience will say, "Hey, that's a part of the melody that he just throw threw in." Now I know where he is in the song right, and yeah. it's super cool. And then space. 
musicians, young musicians, I'm absolutely guilty of this, just trying to solo and throwing in a million notes a million miles an hour that it does it's not gonna help you you're gonna get lost your audience is gonna get lost just leave just breathe leave a couple of of seconds worth of space and you will save yourself in soloing and and yeah maybe someone has a different opinion that maybe one of those isn't as important or something as something else or whatever but as you practice Th those will be the things you come back to and that really help you to do something interesting and um, when you're when you're being when you're expressing yourself wow that was dense and I loved it man <laughs> that I mean that even that even helped me out man that that was amazing um Charlie yes I have a question for you yes. I mean it's a pretty similar question um how would those I mean those um factors apply to a guitar Okay, so, full disclaimer, I have been playing guitar for about six months, so... Hey, that's, that's, that's my, still... My name that's is not JB. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, the legendary JB Reed, that I've heard so much the about. The legendary JB. The, yeah, dude. The living inanimate object. <laughs> living? <laughs> yeah, so... Just a rock. Um, I haven't done much soloing on guitar yet. I'm hoping to do some soon, though. Um, mm. I've seen a lot of other people um, solo on guitar. Um, so, for example, actually Armand, who's in the oh, yeah. Grade 11 jazz band. He plays drums and electric guitar. He's a mm -hmm. uh, He likes to play metal. It's very cool. He I, likes um, to play loud. Uh, yeah, I'm very uh, open to his choice of music, although sometimes yeah. it's ah, it's pretty much fine all the time. I can uh, I can I can deal with it. It's fine. Yeah. Anyway, when uh, we were playing a song called uh, "Running of the Bulls," right? Ah. Yes. Um, it's basically uh, I'm trying to think what kind of beat that is. What beat is that? Well, it has. Or maybe I'm thinking of a different song. Is it like a it samba? Has a jazz section, and then it goes straight into, like, a Latin funk. Yeah. I'd put it. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. So uh, when when a guitarist solos, it kind of takes the same principle as, like, say, a jazz pianist, like uh, myself and you, Mihai. Obviously, you are the um, better jazz pianist soloist <laughs> than myself because I haven't been playing jazz piano as long as Mihai has and um anyway so you take your basic notes from like I, I guess you could like take it from a pentatonic scale or you could even take it from a blues scale if you're up for that and what Armand did is he took the blues scale and also some of the melody and he put it together and then he made this really cool, like, almost like a, uh, how do I put this in common sense terms? Because I know that if I say it in musical terms, some of our audience will not understand. I'll be your live translator if you want. Just throw out your ideas. So he's basically taking fragments of a melody and putting it into his solo including more improvised 
parts in between all of the fragments yeah. of the melody. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And and I bet that sounded great. And it was easy to follow. And Yeah, it sounded mm. really good. And um, when he turns up, when he turns his guitar, like, volume up, you actually get a really nice tone from it. Because I don't always hear the guitar when I'm playing, even though it's right next to me. You know, how, how the uh, room <laughs> is set up. Sometimes I yeah. don't hear it because the amp is faced one way. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And I'm so I'm so focused on my part of the music that I don't always listen to my surroundings. But I say that piano and guitar soloing principles are very similar other than of course you have six strings on a guitar and 88 strings on a <laughs> piano. Obviously you don't pluck strings. On yeah, no. Nah, yeah, and I Don't think... be stupid. Um, don't try that. Uh, that's all I have to say. Um, just hit the keys. The hammers will hit the strings for you. Just don't worry about it. Yeah. No, but, but I think that's, that's exactly the idea is that there are some basic ideas to improvising. And when we talk soloing, I think people want to focus mostly on improvising, but there are aspects to, to soloing or to playing jazz generally that apply everywhere. And those are the rhythm, the space, the melody, you know, using the right quote unquote right notes. I mean, there, it's not really, there's no wrong notes. It's jazz, but, uh, you know, using the what what's makes more harmonic sense perhaps but then and then there are the individual things that don't apply across instruments for example trombones have a slide they can slide around piano can't really do that right um you know any wind instrument can can be louder or softer gradually whereas piano you have to you know each note has to change in volume so that that's the idea there are some things that are individual that you can also capitalize on to sound uh, cool, but there are some many things are are absolutely applicable everywhere. Wow. Well, um, that was a conversation with uh, Mihai and Charlie and Cohen, but Mihai specifically. Thank you for coming on our podcast, Mihai. Absolutely. Um, that was wonderful, to say the least, man. Thank you. It, it's, it's beyond words how thankful we are for coming on our podcast and um good luck with your um with uh the uh, the law field and um i mean it, this it's not i'm saying this like this is the last time i'm gonna talk to you but hopefully it's not <laughs> uh <laughs> um thanks for listening uh i hope you enjoyed it me and charlie we we all hope you enjoyed it yeah. um and to an extent i mean not to an extent we love you guys it's it's a, a blessing that we even have one listener to begin with even if you know it's me and charlie's moms but um yeah. like yeah it's thank you guys yeah uh, we appreciate you so much and um yeah uh listen to us next time yeah thanks so much thank you so See much you guys, guys.